This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who are watching at this time. We want to thank those of you who are watching perhaps for the very first time. We have many who watch the telecast, who watch every time we come on the air. Thank you so much for your encouragement. We want you to call someone or tell someone about getting to know your Bible. Now today on our telecast, we are going to discuss this subject that is actually the title of a song that sometimes is sung in worship. I love thy kingdom, Lord. I hope that you'll stay tuned. On Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course, and I would like to emphasize that this course is free. We're not going to need your credit card. You're not going to need to send a check. You're not going to need to send any cash because it's free. Anything that we offer on Getting to Know Your Bible is free. If you order the course, it's free. If you ask for a CD of one of the lessons, that's free. We want to help you Get to know the Bible. Now that you might know more about the course and that you know, might know more about how to receive the course, let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible Post Office Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In Matthew, the sixth chapter, and in verse 33, Jesus said, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. I want us to think for just a moment about the kingdom of God. Over in the Old Testament, in the book of Isaiah, the ninth chapter, a prophecy was made about Jesus Christ in verses 6 and 7. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Upon the throne of David and over his kingdom, to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. Jesus Christ is now king of his kingdom. Jesus was born to be king. In Matthew, the second chapter in verse 2, the wise men asked this question, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? 
You see, Jesus was born to be king. In Luke, the first chapter, there are some statements made about uh, Jesus prior to his birth in verse 31 and following. And behold, this was said to Mary, Behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Now Jesus Christ is king. He is now king of his kingdom. He is the king eternal. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 17, the Bible says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to God who alone is wise, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Jesus in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 15 is called the King of Kings. His kingdom, that is the church, is not earthly in nature. In John the 18th chapter and verse 36, Jesus said, My kingdom is not of this world. So His kingdom is not earthly in nature. It has never been intended to be earthly in nature, nor will it ever be. My kingdom is not of this world. The kingdom has a foundation not of this world. In 1 Corinthians, the third chapter and verse 11, the Bible says that the other foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Christ Jesus. There's that foundation not of this world. It has a builder not of this world. In Matthew 16 and 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. And then the kingdom, the church, has a purchaser not of this world. In Acts the 20th chapter and verse 28, Paul told the elders of Ephesus, Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which hath purchased with his own blood. So his kingdom is not of this world. And it has a head that is not of this world. In Ephesians, the first chapter, verses 22 and 23, he hath put all things under his feet, gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And then the kingdom church has a lawgiver that is not of this world. It has a law. It's referred to in James 1.25 as the perfect law of liberty. In Galatians 6 and 2, Paul wrote, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. But the kingdom that is the church has a Savior that is not of this world. In Acts the fourth chapter and verse 12, the Bible says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name under heaven given among men, whereby you must be saved. You see, the kingdom or church began on the day of Pentecost 
following Jesus Christ's resurrection from the dead. It had been prophesied through the prophet Daniel and others. For example, in Daniel the second chapter and verse 44, the Bible says, In the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed, and it shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms. It shall stand forever. So that kingdom had been predicted or prophesied. It had been prepared. In the lifetime and ministry of John the Baptist, he was preaching this message as is recorded in Matthew the third chapter in verse 2. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. He meant it's nearby, it's coming. And then it was promised by Jesus in Matthew the 16th chapter in verse 18, where Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And that was a promise. But it became reality on the day of Pentecost in Acts the second chapter when Peter preached about Jesus and the people asked men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter answered and said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Verse 41 says, then that gladly received the word were baptized. And verse 47 tells us those that were saved, that is those that were baptized, were added to the church by the Lord. Men can now be in the kingdom. In Colossians the first chapter and verse 13, we learn that we can be delivered from darkness and we now can be translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son we become members of that kingdom by virtue of the new birth. In John the third chapter and in verse, verses 3 through 5, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now to see the kingdom meant to enjoy the blessings of the kingdom. Nicodemus asked, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus asked, answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. So to enter the kingdom of heaven, we must be born of water and of the Spirit. Now, we're not trying to, to change the Word of God. That just means what it says. It occurs to me that there are other passages of Scripture that would be commentaries on John 3 and 5 where he says born of water and the spirit to enter into the kingdom. For example, in Galatians the third chapter verses 26 and 27. For you're all children of God by faith in Christ for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ did put on Christ. When we obey Christ through believing in Him repenting of our sins, confessing our faith in Him by being baptized into Him, then we are in the kingdom. Hebrews the 12th chapter and verse 28 tells us that we have received the kingdom which cannot be moved. Jesus Christ loved the kingdom. I think there may be a lot of reasons that Jesus loved the kingdom so I think one of the reasons is because the kingdom was in his Father's eternal plan to save the world. In Titus the first chapter in verse 2, 
The Bible says, in hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before the world began. Before the world began, God had a plan to give men the opportunity for eternal life. Now, that plan was not postponed as some would think. You see, to say that God's plan for the kingdom was postponed would reflect upon the wisdom of God. In the third chapter of Ephesians, verses 10 and 11, the Bible says to the intent now that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Oh, there are some that would have us believe that, that the kingdom was postponed because of the rejection of Christ by those of his day and that instead of establishing the kingdom as somewhat of an emergency measure or as an afterthought, he established the church. But friends, the church was in God's eternal plan. The kingdom was in God's eternal plan. The church and the kingdom are one and the same. While the word kingdom shows the governmental feature of God's people. And the word church, which means the called out, shows the relationship of God's people to the world. We're talking about one and the same. Jesus loved the kingdom because it was in his Father's eternal plan. And Jesus loved the kingdom because it cost him his place of equality with the Father. Paul in the second chapter of Philippians says that he emptied himself in the form of a servant. But before he said that, he said, Have this mind in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who counted not the being on an equality with God, a thing to be grasped. To be grasped meant held on to. Well, he was with God in heaven, but he did not consider that something to be held on to, but he emptied himself in the form of a servant. In 2 Corinthians 8, chapter and verse 9, the same thought is brought out. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. He was rich in that he was with the Father in heaven. He was on an equality with God. And yet he divested himself of all of that to come into this world of sin, suffering, and sorrow because of the love that he had for the kingdom. He loved the kingdom. And he loved the kingdom because it deals with the salvation of humanity. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 11 is an interesting passage. Peter writes, For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, the kingdom deals with the salvation of people. And Peter is promising for those that are faithful an entrance into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And our Lord loved the kingdom because one day He's going to come back and place that kingdom into the hands of His Father. In 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter, and in verse 24, the Bible says, Then comes the end when He delivers the kingdom to God, the Father, when He puts an end to all rule and all authority and all power. Indeed, Jesus Christ loved the kingdom. But how do we show our love for the kingdom? 
I think there are many ways that we can show our love for the kingdom of our Lord. Well, one, of, one of those ways is by our translation. You know, in Colossians 1.13 that we've already mentioned, we learn that we are delivered from darkness and that we are translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. We're delivered from darkness, which is Satan's kingdom. In John, the third chapter, Jesus said, Men love the darkness because their deeds are evil. And Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul said, If our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of God should shine unto them. Satan kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. But by our translation, we have been translated from darkness, delivered from darkness, and have been translated into a kingdom of light. In Ephesians 5.18, we're told that we are to walk as children of light. Imagine being blind, physically blind, and suddenly being able to see. Well, spiritually speaking, this is what happens. And, and when we become children of God, and when we are born of water and the Spirit, when we enter the kingdom of heaven, and, and we become people who now can see. As Paul described in Ephesians 1 and verse 18, the eyes of our understanding being enlightened. So how do we show our love for the kingdom? One of the ways is our translation from darkness to light and by walking as children of light. We show our love for the kingdom by our association. One of the blessings of being in the kingdom is fellowship with those of like precious faith. There's a passage in the Old Testament I think describes relationships even in the New Testament of God's people. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one with another. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. You know the best people in all of the world are in the kingdom. And we need to be together and associating one with another. And you see the Lord takes note of our association. That's the reason we were encouraged in Hebrews 10, 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as a matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. But, but we also show our love for the kingdom by our dissimulation of the message of the kingdom. Well, what is the message? Well, the message is not political. The, the message is not opinion. The message is gospel. Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. The gospel of the kingdom is to be told to the world. To those early disciples in Acts chapter 1, Jesus said, ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. That one passage is, is a little outline of the entire book of Acts. To preach the gospel to the whole world, it is criminal to withhold the good news. But I submit to you, those of us who are in the kingdom cannot remain silent. 
We, we cannot remain silent with a world on a collision course with eternity. We, we cannot remain silent while there are false teachers that sow erroneous things. We, we cannot remain silent while the devil has his way with the souls of men. It's time, it is time to speak. We also show our love for the kingdom by our separation. In 1 John, the second chapter, in verse 15, there John wrote, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Friends, conformity to the world is forbidden to those that are in the kingdom. Romans, the 12th chapter, in verse 2 says, Be not conformed to this world. And yet, it is often difficult to tell the saint from the sinner. But there ought to be a separation. People who claim to be members of the kingdom and yet live like people who are outside the kingdom are a detriment to the kingdom. And so when I really love the kingdom, there will be that separation away from the world. I'm not going to live like the world. I'm not going to talk like the world. Think like the world. I'm not going to read the things the world reads. I'm not going to listen to the music the world listens to. There's going to be a difference. But another way that we show our love for the kingdom is by our participation. What's really needed in the kingdom today are more volunteers. We, we need the attitude of Isaiah in the sixth chapter of Isaiah in verse 8. When he said, here am I, send me. Wouldn't it be a wonderful thing if everybody of the kingdom had that attitude? We're to work in unison the kingdom. We're laborers together with the Lord, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 9. And every person that is in the body has a function. Every person in the body has a function. And a malfunction causes disruption in the body. And so one of the ways that we show we love the kingdom is by our participation. And then we show our love for the kingdom by our dedication. You see, God requires dedication. That is of those in the kingdom. In Matthew, the 16th chapter, in verse 24, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. Now that's a pretty tough thing, isn't it? When we have to deny ourselves. In Luke, the 9th chapter, in verse 23, Jesus said, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily. Take up his cross daily and follow me. You see, being a disciple or a follower of Jesus Christ is something we do 24-7. We, we are to follow him every day of our lives. Not just on Sunday, but every day. And we cannot turn back from following him. In Luke 9 and 62, Jesus said, If any man turns back, puts his hand to the plow and looks back, 
He's not fit for the kingdom of heaven. The Lord wants us to remain dedicated followers of His in the kingdom. Fact of the matter is, God wants all or nothing at all. The greatest commandment in all of the world is found in Matthew chapter 22 and verse 37. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all of thy soul, with all of thy mind. You know what that tells me? That as a member of the kingdom, God wants all or nothing at all. It's no wonder then that Jesus said in Matthew 6.33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Are you in the kingdom, the church? Have you been born of water and the Spirit? If not, why not? Why not now? Why not give your life to the Lord? Why not do that now? Come as a believer in Jesus. Repent of your sins. Confess your faith in Him. And have some servant of God baptize you into the Lord Jesus Christ. And you will be translated out of darkness. And you will be delivered You will be delivered from the past. You'll be delivered from sin. You'll be delivered from all of those things that have been in your life of the past. And you'll be delivered from that dark world of sin. You'll be translated into the kingdom of light. And God would have you to do that in your life. I want to thank you for watching our telecast today. And in the closing moments, may I urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. You will find people who are trying to the very best of their ability to serve in the kingdom, to serve in the church, and to do the will of God. They're not perfect. The only person who was perfect was crucified because he was. But we're striving to serve the Lord, and we walk in the light as He is in the light. We have our imperfections, our sins cleansed in His blood day by day as long as we walk in the light. I want to thank you for watching today. I want to urge you right now to pick up the phone and call the number for the Bible Correspondence Course. Please don't hesitate to do that. You'll learn more about the kingdom. You'll learn more about living in the kingdom. You'll learn more about what it really means to serve God. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles.